I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Again, internally, they know they're not fine, but it's that defensive state that says there's nothing visibly wrong with me and I can just muscle my way through this. I can just over overpower this mental state internally and just do the right thing. And they can't. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to support your husband in the midst of a mental health crisis. Yeah, even though it feels like a heavy topic, there's absolutely some hope to help a couple who are struggling with some mental health crisis issues, things. (laughs) You ready? <laughs> Fine. Here we go. <laughs> Here's the question that someone emailed us, my darling. Okay. The basic question is, what would you suggest for a wife dealing with a husband's mental health crisis? Mm. The backstory is um, her husband has what has been diagnosed as a PTSD Um, combat veteran Mm. Um, and he goes through phases of being a loving kind sweet husband um, until he gets triggered in some way which is happening about you know every couple months and then he becomes highly verbally abusive highly reactive um, highly intense Mm. on on his response to everything in the world and it's making the wife understandably feel just really, really confused. Um, He's not super open to counseling. He hasn't shut it down completely, but he sees it as a sign of weakness. Weakness. Yeah. uh, Because men don't need to do counseling. You need to be able to deal with your own problems. Um, uh, So he isn't actively seeking help and guidance for his uh, reactivity, his his mental health diagnosis here. And this wife is just hurting. Yeah, that is so hard. It is incredibly painful. I mean, in addition to probably the hurt that she's feeling around this because things that he says and does right. are hurtful, Yeah, I would suspect that she's probably starting to live in a little bit of fear because she just doesn't know what's going to trigger him and what's yeah. going to set him off. So there's really no time where she actually is able to let down and relax so smart so, so wise. Yeah. so this is probably becoming um incredibly difficult and incredibly painful for her yeah it is and not only that but to see your husband in a state like that just i know yeah. when when you are not feeling well or or when your back is really bothering you and you get a little extra intense personality <laughs> i don't treat you well is the right. actual but it's it's hard to watch because i know what the cause of it is yeah. and even though i i get hurt i still feel and hurt for you because of the situation and the position that you're in yeah very much so the thing that makes this the most difficult in terms of kind of solution for him not for the relationship but for him is the the part of your body, your brain, which you're supposed to be able to keep online to regulate yourself, to determine what is healthy and unhealthy behavior to Mm -hmm. do, what is good decisions and bad decisions to make, that actually 
kind of shuts down again. That's yes. why we call it the survival, survival brain. brain. And um, that, that ability to cognitively, rationally think through the consequences or the impact of your decisions uh, kind of gets turned off. Yeah. And you move completely into that survival brain. I got to do anything I can to get me out of this pain or out of this fear or out of this flashback. And you're not making optimal, wise, mature decisions. Mm -hmm. You don't have what we call meta awareness. You're not able to, you're not able to kind of pull yourself out of the situation and kind of watch from a distance going, wow, right now the tone of my voice is making my wife shrivel. She's just shrinking away. Her eyes are big and scared and it's obviously hurting her. I should probably change my tone, my, my language, my intensity, my posture. Right. So that I am not causing my wife to be in pain. That requires the ability to kind of step outside of yourself and look at the situation while it is happening. And and that's incredibly difficult to do, like you said, when you're in your survival in that, brain. In that triggered state. That, that part of your brain, the logical reasoning yeah. part of your brain is just completely shut yeah. down and you just don't have the ability to do that. And that's not a character flaw. That's being no. really, really clear about that. That's not a moral issue the behavior is immoral in terms of it's it's bad it's sinful it's hurtful it's not appropriate to right, do right but the it's not a morality issue it doesn't make you a good or a bad person if you are in a a triggered state um because of uh, abuse survival uh, because of uh, PTSD because of you know combat you've seen because of lots of kind of uh, causes of that that mental state it is your responsibility even though you are wounded and let's be kind of clear on this you're the one who is a trauma survivor you're the one who's an abuse survivor you're the one who has PTSD because you're a combat veteran you're the one who is injured that is a mental injury in some way caused mm-hmm. by whatever experience you've had, young or old, it is still your responsibility to say, I need to be the healthiest person, the healthiest version that I can, number one, for myself, number two, for my wife and for my kids and my right. family. Right. I have to take responsibility into that. And saying that I am not healthy or that I am, that I am okay the way I am, <clears throat> When most people know that they are not, and let's kind of be really clear about this. Again, I've spent 18 years as a trauma therapist. Most people who have trauma reactions know on a certain level, I'm not healthy. I am not responding correctly to the world around me. But I don't want to deal with it because I'm embarrassed. It's going to be too hard of a process. It's going to be difficult. People think that I'm weak because I can't figure it out on my own. Correct. Most people again, who have that kind of trauma history, um, have an awareness that if something is off, off. Yeah, they might not be able to describe what it is. They might not be able to give the scope of how bad they are off. They might not be able to tell you the causality of why they're getting triggered or what's happening, but they know something is interfering in their relationships. And it is the courageous people who are the ones who eventually showed up in my office going, something's just not working right in my life. Can you help me figure it out? Right. And when we start to hear their story and we start to kind of put the pieces together, it's like, have you ever considered that this experience as a child and the survival tactics you learn from that are now kind of getting in the way as an adult here? And they go, right. oh my gosh, 
you're absolutely correct. It's like, okay, let's deal with that. And then they go, no, 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 no. That's just too scary. It's too hard. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Or it's embarrassing or it's shameful or it's vulnerable or it's intimidating. And then you have to kind of get the buy-in to do the hard work of actually doing the recovery. But most people, if they're honest internally, they might not be honest externally. They don't say it out loud, but they know something is off inside me and they have to make the decision to say, am I going to remedy this? Am I going to do the hard work to start to heal this? Right. I think the hard part about it too is it's real easy if you have a broken arm or like that weird video that we watched yes. where the guy was doing wrestling oh. and and he got kicked in his, leg in his leg snapped in half. Ugh. That is an obvious injury. Yep. And you're going to go to the doctor yeah. to get that fixed because yeah. it's so good, you honey. can see it. But when it's a when it's an injury that happens to your psyche or yeah. your or your or you know your the brain, how your brain your wiring your thinking yeah. You can't see that. No. And so it's much harder to feel okay with going to get help with that yeah. because it feels like, well, I don't have a broken bone, so yeah. I should be able to get this figured out on my own. I should be able to fix it, work it out, yeah. or I just need to push it down and ignore it yeah. because it's not something visible. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate your your wisdom in that because that is so often what I have heard again from many, many of my clients, it is, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Again, internally, they know they're not fine, but it's that defensive state that says there's nothing visibly wrong with me and I can just muscle my way through this. I can just over overpower this mental state internally and just do the right thing. And they can't. Because again, it is an injury. It's a mental health issue. And that's the appropriate terms for it. Health, we have physical health, we have mental health, we have emotional health. All those things can be unhealthy, injured, damaged, uh, uh, not developed in a certain way, uh, which makes it unhealthy. And so you have to be able to say, I need to practice my having appropriate mental health regimen so that I'm making good decisions and, and thinking well. Right. I think the other thing that just you were saying something that made me also think of this is that um, when it's a mental, when yeah. it's a mental thing that needs work, I think because, um, how was I going to say that? Um, I also think that it's harder when it's something mental because that, that in in our minds, that's kind of who we are as a yeah. person. And so when there's something not right with, oh, with so our mental good. health, um, that means that we're not a good person. There's yeah. something wrong with us. And as opposed you, to a broken bone. Yes. Oh, my. It's external. Of it, your I just identity. got a bro. I, that doesn't mean that I'm a terrible person right. because I broke my arm. Right. But I'm a terrible person because I can't get my mental state correct. I've got a broken brain. Exactly. Yes. And that is actually called what? When you believe that you are just inherently broken, that's called. Shame. Shame. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> Shame. Yeah. The belief that that my badness is just who I am. It's not external. It's, sometimes I do bad things and I should feel bad about that. That's called guilt. Right. But when you believe that you are broken or or just inherently bad, then that's shame. And that actually is one of the greatest obstacles for people getting help 
when it comes to mental health issues Mm -hmm. is they don't want to admit to another human being that they are broken um, or that they are inherently bad with our our hardwired survival brain says i need to keep that secret i need to keep that hidden i don't want to admit that in front of any other human beings right yeah so what do you do what as a wife who loves her husband and a majority of the time he is a loving caring husband but he has these seasons these moments of legitimately painful behavior um, that is rooted in a mental health issue. This isn't just a bad decision. He's grumpy one day, wakes up. This is, it's kind of from a diagnosed mental health issue. Right. There's a couple of things that can happen. One of the most influential experiences I've ever had with you, honey, was when I was behaving poorly towards you And because I was in the moment, in that experience, I believed 100%, absolutely 100%, I was justified and correct in my behavior in that moment because I could not see it. I didn't have that meta awareness. Um, I was blind to my own uh, experiences and reactions and responses to you. And... Unfortunately, slash very fortunately, um, we were recording a podcast at the time (laughs) and there was irrefutable documented data that, that you didn't have to convince me anymore. I convinced myself because I literally rewound the tape and listened to my tone, my statements, the words I said, the behaviors I did, and all of it was blatantly wrong. And I could not counter that. There was absolutely nothing I could do to refute or spin it in some way to make myself look good. The only thing I could do was to humbly and apologetically come to you and go, I am so sorry. I've been blind to this for so long. Mm -hmm. And it required me hearing from me, me seeing myself behave in those ways for it to impact me as strongly as as possible. Right. No matter how many times you would have told me I was wrong because you're telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not taking in the, the feedback. Right. Because right, right. there's a chance that you're wrong. Your right. perception, your experience, it's all subjective. Sure. And if you just suck it up and if you just get stronger, then you wouldn't be hurt my, by my legitimately bad behavior. And so I can discount the source. Sure. But when it's on a recording, when it's at, technically it was actually on a video too, when I can see it and go, is that actually what I look like so, so often? Is that what I looked like in the middle of that? Is that what I looked like for the last... 15 years of our marriage. Right. Oh my gosh. I'm so, 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 so sorry. I can't believe I've treated you this way. Um, little caveat here. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, it is probably within the first 15 episodes of this entire podcast series. I can't, we should figure out what number it is, but it was in the middle of recording this secure marriage podcast. And my wife corrected me because I said something wrong and I flatly denied it. And then when I 
came back and listened to the tape and she was 100% correct and I was 100% wrong. We did a second episode on why I was a moron, why I was a bad <laughs> husband live and in person on this podcast. So if you want to hear that, dear listener, you can go back and kind of find that episode. It's in the early it's in the early episodes of, of this podcast. So all of that to say, it might be helpful when your husband, dear listener, who's written into us and is potentially listening to this podcast right now to provide an opportunity for him to hear from himself. And that can happen again. Technology is lovely right now where you can just pull out your phone and hit the voice recorder, voice memo. You can, you can put your phone down with the video recording and kind of watch the conversation. Now here's, what's going to be really, 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 I was hoping really, Really, really important. I was hoping that you were going to say this. What do you want? To, what do you want me to say? No, go no, ahead. no, no. After you. What? Well, first of all, um, number one. Yep. I would not suggest just setting it up um, hidden. Right. No. Have it be seen and known. That you you need to let the clearly. You guys need to decide ahead of time yes. that when the next time this happens, yes, we're going to record it. So smart and. And don't go back and show it to him while he's in that <sighs> state. I have the wisest wife <laughs> in the world because what will happen? He's already yes. he's already in his survival brain. Yes. If you try to show it to him while he's in his survival brain, yes. it's just going to backfire. Absolutely. And the number three is do not weaponize this. Right. Don't re- take this recording and shove it in his face and go, see, here's how much of an ass you were being to me. Right. You need to admit it. You need to, if you weaponize this and use it accusingly, you're actually going to make things much, much worse. Right. You have to make sure that your heart, your state of mind is in the correct place so that it is used as a tool for healing. It's a tool for understanding. Yes. It's not a, a tool to reinforce that shame or to use it accusatorily. Right. Exactly. Do not do that. And if you can't do that, if that is, you just don't have the maturity or the wisdom to do that and it's too tempting to weaponize that, throw this idea yeah, out the window. Yeah, don't use this idea. Ignore everything we're saying on this podcast. Right. Do not do that Yeah, this all. is This is one where, where when he's in a just loving, kind mood yes you sit down and you talk yes and say here's how i'm feeling yes when you get triggered is it possible would you be willing to allow us to re- the next time it yes. happens to record it yeah so that you can actually see what i'm seeing and you can see both of us yes and exactly. it isn't actually just we're trying to catch you being a bad husband let's let's Record both of our behaviors. Let's see both of yeah, our facial reactions. Let's see here are both of our tones so that we can kind of do a play by play afterwards. We can kind right. of break it down and recognize, oh, when this happened or when that happened, this is what starts to happen. Right. And, and you can see you might be triggering him even more. Yes. So. Yeah. Again, this is uh, this is an incredibly effective tool, but it has to be used in the right way. A scalpel is an incredibly effective tool for cutting out cancer, but it's used in the hand of a compassionate, ethically bound, trained professional who's not going to cause damage because that exact same scalpel can cut an artery, can be used to stab somebody. I mean, it can be a weapon. 
Yes, so exactly. Use it surgically. Use it strategically. But the whole point of this is to help a person who is reactive, whether it's because of PTSD or a mental health issue or something like that, or you know, it can be used in other scenarios. But the whole point is to help bring awareness, is to help that person be able to see the behaviors without having to have that that subjective defensive part of, well, it's just your perception, so you right. need to, this is all your problem and it's not my problem. Right. It kind of removes that that op- option right there. Right. And, and when you talk about it, the thing that's going to be very helpful is, or at least buy-in, I guess, would yeah. be um, your spouse has to be open yeah. to seeing that. I, I think about the... Um, example that you gave of us doing the podcast yeah. and and um, you didn't go back to watch that video or to listen to that podcast oh, open no. to uh, open to seeing that you might have been wrong. incorrect you went back, I weaponized it yeah you went back to prove yeah. that I was wrong yeah. and that I and that you hadn't done what I had said and You're right and um, but in general on a whole you're open to um hearing yeah. that you need to change or that there's something yeah. wrong and that's probably why when you saw it you were had such heartbreak over it because it was like yeah, yeah. so it, so that's really kind of an important thing if you're if your spouse isn't open to seeing where they need to grow and change that this might not be a very effective yeah that cool. open that openness piece again. That's the first of the six pieces of the secure marriage framework. The six parts of a secure marriage framework. Openness is the very first thing. Your willingness to have feedback from somebody who you trust and you know has your best interest in mind um, to help you become a better human being. Right. And if if that can start to be become a foundational value within your family as a couple or even, you know, with your kids where you are on a regular basis going, I recognize I'm not a perfect husband and I recognize that I can be doing things better. Would you take the next 24 hours and kind of think through um, thoughtfully, intentionally and give me feedback of one thing that you would like me to be doing better? And I am asking for it. I'm not going to be defensive (laughs) because I know I need to be doing better as a husband right. and I will take it seriously. I'll take it under consideration. It might be hard to hear, but I want to be a better husband. I want to at 35 years of marriage be better than I was at 30 years of marriage. Right. I want to be better at 50 years of marriage than I was at 25 years of marriage. And that only comes by having input from people who, who have from you, <laughs> right, right, right. Who, who I know love me, who want me to be a better husband, not because it works out good for you, even though it really, really does. Sure. But you want me to grow yes, and become absolutely. a better human being. So I'm happier and healthier and wiser and mature and all these things. You want that for me. And I want that for you. Right. That, and if I, if I try to with unsolicited go up to you and go, Hey, let me give you some feedback of how you've been screwing up as a wife. <laughs> that doesn't go over real well, does it? <laughs> never goes well <laughs> and i usually trigger your defensive brain yes. and then there's usually tears and silence for a couple of days which is great no <laughs> no it it's really hard um from both sides of that 
of yeah. that question of, hey, give me feedback. Yeah. What can I be doing? But it's really when because you ask me that quite uh-huh. often. Um, and it's really hard for me to get that question from you because I don't want to say anything that's going to hurt your feelings. So so it really it, it's not an easy question either direction. It isn't. And and but I have to trust that you really mean it, that you're not going to get angry with me or defensive with me when I share yeah. whatever it is I come up with. Yeah. But it's for honestly, for me, it has been a very difficult question yeah. because I don't first of all, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Second of all, I don't want to get in trouble and then or have you combat what I'm telling yeah. you because then that it invalidates anything that I'm trying to put out there. Yeah. So, so much so. So you have to walk a very, you have to be very serious about yeah. this. And if you try asking that question, it may take your spouse a while to figure out it's safe yeah. to give an answer, to exactly. give a true answer. So, You're so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely true. Um, but when this is, initiated or instituted into a relationship and it is surrounded by grace. Grace is one of the other six parts of the secure marriage framework. It is a concept that says, I know that you're an imperfect human being. I know that when I married you, I, I, I chose to adopt your bag of crazy. It was coming into my life here, whether it was a marry you or somebody else, everyone brings in their own bag of crazy and you married my bag of crazy. And I still choose to love you unconditionally, even though I know that you are imperfect, that you are flawed, that you are sinful sometimes, that you are reactive. I still choose to love you because you don't have to earn that love. That is given freely because you have inherent value as a human being, because you've been created in God's image, because you have inherent value as just a, a creature on this earth. Okay. You don't have to earn this. And so that is the foundation of, right. of being able to ask these type of questions. Yes, And for absolutely. those dear listener who are listening, going, that is a foreign concept. The entire basis of our relationship is performance-based. And if I don't do certain things, then I am retaliated against or I am punished or I am mocked or I am ostracized or hurt in some ways. Right. And love feels conditional yes then there's a deeper layer of work that needs to happen and and we can actually help with some of that um, because you've already heard us hear, heard us on this podcast talk about two of the six parts of the secure marriage framework and that's why there's the six parts of the secure marriage framework because these are the six things every secure marriage has to have so that they are secure, not perfect. Right. You don't have a perfect marriage, but you have a secure marriage. And when you learn how to master those things and integrate them into your marriages, then you can start to have conversations about the harder things on a daily basis and they, and they don't feel like deal breakers. Right. You're not living in that constant state of fear of we're going to lose the marriage or I'm going to be rejected or hurt or ostracized or punished. In some right. Way. If you're interested in kind of learning the other four parts, we've again talked about openness, the first part, and grace, which is the third part. Fourth part. Fourth part. Fourth part. Um, you can go to securemarriage.com. At the top, it says online courses and click on the six secrets of a secure marriage. And that is actually one of our first courses that we created. And it has actually, it's a pretty in-depth course. It has about five hours of content, 
each video is only about seven, eight minutes long. You're not watching, believe me, you don't want to watch five hours of us talking <laughs> on a video. That's a terrible idea. But each one of these concepts are broken into uh, smaller little nuggets and each module, each one of those six parts has about six or eight videos kind of going through a different aspect or kind of what grace is or what openness is. Right. And then there's worksheets and there's projects you can work on together. Yeah. And what this does is it helps you and your husband, you and your wife, start to have a common language yes. around how to make our stinking marriage better. Yeah. How to not just kind of guess and and hope you come up with the right idea, but it's like, no, this is the way to have a healthy marriage. It is proven. It comes from many, 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 many years of actual in-the-seat testing with right. many, 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 many clients that I've worked with. Um, and again, I've yet to find any issue in any marriage at any time that one of these six things doesn't address. Right. If there's a dysfunction in the marriage, it's usually because one of these or more, one or more of these areas are out of balance or missing completely. And so if you're going, this is the framework, this is the kind of structure this, uh, that I can start working on my marriage and we can start to have a common language around this, go to securemarriage.com, click on uh, online courses and click on six secrets of a secure marriage and buy it. And again, the lovely thing about this is once you have access to it, you can watch it as fast or as slow as you want, as many times right. as you want. That's actually been one of the frustrating things about counseling is clients would come in, I'd say something magnificent and brilliant and change their life. And then they go away and they'd forget it. And it's like, I should have written that down. <laughs> yeah. And they come back. What did you say last week? I have no idea what I said. I, I was kind of in the moment and I, they kind of, they, it gets lost because counseling is just kind of in the moment kind of thing. But this right. is, you can rewind and scrub back in the video and go, what did he say? Oh, this is good. Or what does Shannon say in this? How does this affect her? Oh, we want to learn how to integrate that. And you can watch it right. one time, five times or a hundred times right? And until this becomes ingrained into your system. For those who are serious and going, yes, I actually don't want to just hope my marriage gets better. I actually want to take some action and make my marriage better by intentional choices and and things I'm going to do. SecureMarriage.com, online courses, six secrets of a secure marriage. That is a great place to start. Yes, absolutely. So we're hoping that that provides a little bit of clarity, guidance, understanding for this wife who wrote in to us today and going, okay, this might be a good first place to start. Right. And it and it opens up the conversations. It opens up awareness within her husband. It it starts to lay this foundation of transparency and vulnerability between the two of them so that they can start to make their marriage better. Yeah. Sound okay? Sounds great. I like doing these with you. I do too. It's early this morning. We kind of woke up early and pushed out a podcast here. Yep. But Got right on we it. should do that more often. Yeah. Let's get up early every day. It's because the sun is out. Yep. That's helpful. The sun showed up in Portland Yay. finally. So anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. All righty. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>